Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm saying to myself, how am I going to clean myself at this time? You know what? I'm calling out sick. I dial the number to the job. <clears throat> of course, they put me on hold. As I'm looking around, I said, well, I'm not going to get in my car and sit in this pile of shit because it's going to wind up getting cold. It felt good at the moment because it was nice and warm. You know, it was fresh out the oven. So, you know, it was, it was like a warm baked bakery bread. It felt really nice on my hamstrings. Um, but I said, there's no way in hell I could go sit in my car and smell my own shit for the next hour and a half. Eventually, it's going to get cold and it's going to be really uncomfortable, man. Hi, and welcome to the Nebuchadnezzar. In today's episode six, the Dirty Dome and I go deep into some shit, literally. We talk about trauma, healing, feelings, and triggers. We quickly discuss about moving past the bullshit and just letting go. We both had some hard times growing up, and we really didn't know how we made it through. Well, without further ado, let's get to the show. Hey everybody, this is Absolute I Am. Here to welcome you to the Nebuchadnezzar Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Nebuchadnezzar Podcast takes off every Friday. So come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow me on Instagram at Absolute I Am and my partner in crime, The Dirty Doorman. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's get to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm flying in, I'm flying in. We're coming in hot. We're coming in hot. We're coming in hot. Yes, we are. Yes, we are coming in hot. What's up, man? Nebuchadnezzar landing. Out here, uh, man. Yeah, man. Woo, fresh I, off the ayahuasca, brother. What a fucking yeesh. Help me. That was a a pretty intense episode. Um, Pema, I believe her name was. It's been yeah, a while. Shout out to um, Pema, man. Shout out to Pema. And, uh, shout out to Conga, man. Whoa, what a powerful, powerful, powerful experience, man. Mama Aya. I don't know if I'm ready for that, bro. I don't think I could be ready for that, you know, because I'm going to tell you the one thing that's preventing me from ever trying Aya. It's the whole purging thing. And I know that it's part of the process. And I do know that, you know, the purging is letting go of things that are, are inside of you. Purging. But I don't, yeah. I, I what don't, do you mean by that? Well, purging, what are we going to do? Like put masks on and go like well, destroy people who we don't like? No, I, I would. <laughs> you know what? That sounds like a good idea, but I'm going to save that one for the next episode. But, um, you know, when you take this medicine and when it kicks in 30 minutes, you could either, you know, vomit or you can you know, do diarrhea, one of the two. Oh, uh, that's, yeah, that's where the purging comes. And I don't think that I, I'm ready to do either one while I'm trying to have a trip, I guess. It's uncomfortable for me. Unbelievable. And, and I hate throwing up. You ever got hung over and you're just throwing up? It's like the worst feeling. And that's <sighs> the one thing I don't like to do. But at the same time, you know, I've heard so many beautiful things and you know, it, I'm curious because, you know, I know I have a lot of trauma inside of me that I'm not aware of or that is so suppressed in there that I can't even identify if that makes any sense. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know, my my trauma, you know, is not sexually trauma and it's not too much the verbal abuse. But, you know, definitely you know, when I was younger, I was physically abused by my mom's uh, boyfriend at the time. Um, and you know, and, and the part, and it's, it's so scary that, that, that trauma is such a scary thing for me because it'll literally create like these flashbulb memories that you can go on for eight years of trauma, but you only remember like five days out of that trauma. You don't remember anything while you're there. You know, but anyway, I'm going all over the place. I'm excited that you're here, man. No, man you know, I'm happy. To happy. Be here, man. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, what you want? What you want to do today? What you want to, you know, what you want to well, touch well, on today? You know, you speaking of diarrhea and um, <laughs> throwing up. 
I got Go a short story I can share with you if you're interested in hearing it. Oh, definitely, please. Any story you have is I'm interested. <laughs> so, I'm on my way to work the other day. Okay, leave my house sufficient time to get to work. Uh, before I leave, I always try to make sure that the uh, my internal trash can is clean. I remove any. <laughs> I get. I try to uh, make deposits into the incinerator of all recyclable products that are, uh, you know, you drop, you drop, within my you drop the kids at the pool. You you take the what yeah. is it? The, the Browns to the Super Bowl. Taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Okay, brother. I got it. I got it. Oh man! So you know, I, I I have a long ride in every day. You know, about an hour and a half plus. Everything is working out well. I decided to stop for fuel. In the meantime, in between time, I said, you know what? Let me get a good old cup of old fashioned Joe from the gas station. Get a cup mm -hmm. of coffee, right? Why not? It's 5.30 in the morning. I don't got to be to work until 6.30. No, I'm lying. It's 4.30 in the morning. I don't have to be to work until 5.30 in the morning. I'm about maybe 20 minutes away. So I'm, I got sufficient time. I'm good. I'm feeling good. There's no traffic. With this whole COVID thing, I walk into the gas station with my mask and my gloves, and I start preparing me a cup of coffee. But here's what I did. I seen dark roast. I seen hazelnut. Mm -hmm. I seen French vanilla. I see decaf, and I see a cappuccino machine. What did ah. you get? You got the cappuccino. No, brother. What'd you get? I put I put a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a lot of this, and some of that. And I left the cappuccino alone. Okay. Half and half. I have to have my coffee with half and half. Just made your own blend right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I call it in a few minutes. <laughs> so, so it was actually uh 16 ounces of diarrhea, which is really what I prepared for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, I like I like coffee with my sugar, if you know what I mean. Light and sweet. Half okay. And half, you know? Okay. I proceed to sip this coffee, driving to work across the George Washington Bridge for all of our uh, fellow passengers who are familiar with the uh, upper New York uh, tri-state area. And I get around, let's say Fordham Road in the Bronx, Dykeman, that area. And my stomach just begins to really disagree with what is going on. I'm trying to convince myself that I can make it to the bathroom. Cool. Uh, I said, you know what? I got time. I'll stop at another gas station that I know is there. I'll buy some water for the day and I'll respectfully ask to use the bathroom so I can make another uh, deposit of my recyclables. Um, I get there, I buy some water. And uh, I tell the fellow behind the counter, hey, man, do you mind if I uh, use the bathroom? And he says, oh, sorry, my friend, the bathroom no working. <laughs> I said, the bathroom no working? He said, yes, the bathroom is no working. At this point, my asshole is having a seizure. <laughs> so I am squeezing my cheeks, walking very slowly to the car with, you know, two one liters of water. I get into my vehicle. I had to find parking. I said, you know what? My job is right across the street. I'll find a parking and I can make it. I've been through this situation before. It's not going to defeat me. Heck, I survived Bufo. <laughs> Dude, couldn't find no parking. I proceed to go into the parking lot. Now they have this parking lot, which is located in the parking lot of a supermarket. Okay. okay, I park the car, I get out the car, and I am struggling, brother. I mean, I have to squeeze my cheeks in order to get out the car. <laughs> I stand up, I'm holding on to the car, I'm, I'm trying to focus on my breathing. Um, I'm trying to practice everything that I've learned in the recent months in regards to submission and acceptance, but I couldn't submit and I couldn't accept what was going to happen, so the fight is on. <laughs> here's another thing man we are this is during the curfew in new york city nobody's hmm. to be outside from eight in the morning 
until five o'clock in the morning, except for essential workers. Uh, being essential is overrated. But here's the funny thing. I'm in Washington Heights, okay, on 207th Street, across the street from the BP gas station, for those of you who know, and the Associated. In the Associated parking lot, which is a supermarket, there's a, there's a parking lot that you can use for the day. I get out the car, and my asshole is just not cooperating with me. So... <laughs> being that it's COVID, it's great right because i have hand sanitizer i have wipes i have paper towels like i'm ready to go all i need is a place to make this deposit as i look around all of my dominican comrades are outside having a fucking domino tournament okay <laughs> there's about 17 tables all around the perimeter of this fucking parking lot no bullshit. real talk <laughs> Immediately, I'm like, this is going to be a fight that I am not going to win. So I look, I see two vans parked, right? Two food trucks, mind you. This is so totally, this is an OSHA violation, like a motherfucker something. <laughs> yeah. He said an OSHA violation. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at these two food trucks and I'm like, you know what? That might be a good place to just pull down my pants and let go and let God, because I'm not going to make it to no bathroom. I already know it, you know, it's, it was, I was in pain. I was in discomfort. I'm sweating. I'm like, this is not going to end well. As I walk towards the middle of the two food trucks, there's people in there preparing food. What <laughs> so I, the heck? So as I, as I gently uh, walking like a fucking zombie, very slowly clenching my cheeks, I just realized that I was in over my head. I stopped. And as I look around to observe the 28 domino players at 14 different tables playing dominoes, I decided to submit and surrender to what was happening. And I shit my pants. Ooh. Um, what a relief, it, man. What a relief. I mean, you did, you know, I can't say I've been there, but I do relate in some way where I find myself, I'm going to shit on myself, but I kind of released the tension a little bit. Did you release, release some tension from well, there? Like let well, one dude, out? Well, well, here's the thing. I was trying to release some air from the balloon, but um, I just, <laughs> I sprung a leak, my brother. So it, <laughs> as soon as I released a little bit of pressure, I felt, uh, uh, you know, something coming out of that area of our posterior. And I just decided to surrender to it. And I just was standing there shitting on myself. Um, mm. You know, the I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Um, and I will say what I'm grateful for at this particular moment. I am grateful that it wasn't um, of the watery substance. It was more an oatmeal, thick oatmeal-like consistency, which kept everything in place. Um, I'm about maybe 25 feet from my vehicle. This story gets better, brother. So, oh my god yeah yeah this is not the end of it <laughs> okay so i have to sign into work with about a half an hour left it's i have to sign in at 5 30. by this time right now it's probably like 4 55. i'm supposed to call out sick an hour before i work but because this was my day off um i still have to call in an hour early but i'm like you know what maybe this is the universe telling me not to come to work and i'm basking in shit. And I'm trying to walk slow because I don't want it to start sliding down my leg and hitting my socks, excuse me, and dirty <laughs> in my boots. So I'm walking really slow. It feels like if I have a softball, you know, hanging from my uh, my Fruit of the Loom boxer briefs as I walk to my car. Uh, thank God for technology because I have AirPods. So I have my AirPods. I, before I decide to do anything, I look around and this domino tournament is getting intense. Mm. Okay. And I'm saying to myself, how am I going to clean myself at this time? You know what? I'm calling out sick. I dial the number to the job. <clears throat> of course, they put me on hold. As I'm looking around, I said, well, I'm not going to get in my car and sit in this pile of shit because it's going to wind up getting cold. It felt good at the moment because it was nice and warm. You know, it was fresh out the oven. So, you know, it was, it was like a warm baked bakery bread. It felt really nice on my hamstrings. Um, but I said, there's no way in hell I could go sit in my car 
and smell my own shit for the next hour and a half. Eventually, it's going to get cold and it's going to be really uncomfortable, man. Uh, so I did what I felt was right. And I said, you know what? I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. I proceeded to kick off my work boots. I'm standing there in my trousers. My underwears are full of shit. I'm on the phone with my job. As soon as I decide to pull down my pants, the lady from work picks up the phone. I pull down my pants and I'm butt naked except for my socks and and my shirt. <laughs> but I'm butt naked from the waist down in my socks. Um, now, are you in between the trucks now or are you by your car, like in no, the parking so, lot? So, so what I did was I went by my vehicle and I opened, I opened the driver's side door and the passenger side door. And I was okay. kind of making that a barrier. And there was a van. Uh, shout out to the van that was was next to me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I had like a makeshift, you know, privacy barrier, if okay. you will. So as the lady picks up, you know, I'm 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 very with care pulling down my underwears that are full of this hot mess. I get it down, boom. I slide my underwears, my red fruit of the loom size extra large is underneath the the white van that was next to me. Now I got to bend over and get into my car because all of my toiletries are in there. I had some water that I just bought. I had some paper towels and I, because I am overweight, I always have a few sweat rags on me. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be good. I'm going to be clean. Everything good. Lady picks up the phone, asks me what's the deal. I'm in the process of cleaning my ass. And she says, well, you know, you were supposed to call out within an hour's time. What's the nature of your illness? And I said, lady, I am right across the street from the job, but I can't make it. And she said, well, what's the matter? I said, miss, I am in the parking lot, butt naked with shit all on my right fucking hand. She said, excuse me? I said, yes, you heard that right. I am currently in the parking lot naked from the waist down with doodle all over my right hand trying to call out sick i'm having a rough morning lady she says hold on let me see what i can do for you. she gets back on the phone she says you know what don't worry about it man you're good i said thank you very much i proceed to clean myself i got shit all on my right hand brother i'm going through paper towel this was like a thousand wipes like if this if i would have been in my house this probably would have been a half a roll of toilet paper <laughs> dude it gets better. So, I'm, 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 so the domino tournament's going on. I got a whole bunch of uh, Dominicans all over the place. Shout out to the Dominicans in Washington Heights for making a party and a domino tournament wherever they're at. But there was a curfew, brother. I was pissed off. Y'all shouldn't have been outside, but whatever, man. I cleaned myself. Now, I always keep clothes in the back of my car. I had taken all my clothing out. <laughs> to wash the day before. So I had nothing in my car. Oh, I didn't realize that. So I said, I have to go to the trunk. So I, I, you know, I didn't get no pants. You know, I, I picked my pants up and, you know, off the, off the driver's seat. And I'm, you know, I did what all real dudes would do. I smell the ass part to make sure it don't smell like shit straight <laughs> like that. Didn't smell like doodle. So I'm like, all right, cool. I need some underwears. Cause I don't want to drive back home. John Rambo. So I go, <laughs> I go to the trunk of the car, fam, and you know me, a lot of these people who are listening don't, I open the trunk of the car and my fat ass is butt naked from the waist down, <laughs> bending over in my trunk with no physical barrier to protect me. And I find a pair of brand new underwears, a victory for me, right? Beautiful. <laughs> I proceed to put on my underwears. I smell my trousers again. And I said, they don't smell like shit, but I am going home. I threw the, the pants in the back of the car and I proceeded to drive home in my Fruit of the Loom boxer briefs. The moral <sighs> of the story is, <laughs> the moral of the story is, don't shake my right hand. <laughs> <laughs> And that's about it, man. So what a what a rough time. I'm sure it's a relatable story. I love sharing it because it's real, it's real, it's real shit. No fun intended. I, I love shit. that story. And um 
you know, Tony Robbins says, life does not happen to you. It happens for you. Amen. And and 5% is what really, what happens to you. And the other 95% is how you react and how you react to that circumstance, to that whole situation where you just surrender and were okay with it is a real beautiful thing because think about how many other people would have just, I don't know, they would have panicked. They probably wouldn't have done the right thing. But Hold on one second. Absolutely. Billy! Hey, Billy! What's up, buddy? You're not going to come say hello to me? Who's he talking to? <laughs> You're not going to come over here and talk to me? <laughs> come say hello. I miss you. Come see me. <laughs> Sorry, this bitch-ass nigga. You're going to have to edit that. I'm about to smack the shit out of him. You're about to get something <laughs> real good on your fucking on your show, buddy. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, man, uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. That was real good. You well, know, I, I've never been um, in those type of situations ever. I don't think I've ever soiled my pants. Um, I've the most I've probably just been a fool being drunk. You never shit your pants, brother. Yo, I never shit my pants. Oh, you know Come what? I, on, I tell you, guys. I told Come you one. On. Oh, all right. Here we go. Since we're sharing, I got one story. Here Come we go. On. Um, so I got um, knee surgery. Right, you know this, and um, <laughs> why you laughing already? Did I tell you this? Yeah. Yo, so so you know they give you medication, and the medication they give you makes you constipated. So here I am taking these pills because I'm in so much pain. My knee is killing me. Um, I take them, and it's like five days that I haven't pooped, and I'm just feeling not very comfy at all. So my wife makes me a concoction. She makes me a concoction of laxatives. And, you know, you're supposed to take one, maybe two. I think I might have taken like three or four because I was that desperate to poop. Uh, So here I go. I take it. I go to sleep. And um, I wake up in the middle of the night. And um, I feel like feel things are swishing. Like my butt cheeks are easily moving up and down with ease with no friction at all. And I'm just like, did I? So I went to go touch a little bit, like with my finger to see. I was like, oh, man, I shit it on myself. I guess I must have farted at nighttime <laughs> and some juice came out. Oh, man. But it wasn't a lot, but it was enough to go through not only the blanket that I was sleeping on, but it touched the mattress and everything. So, uh, yeah, I don't have that mattress anymore. Someone else in the family got that mattress. I don't think, <laughs> I, don't think <laughs> I don't think they know what that stain is, but... Uh, now you know. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. That's hilarious, man. But what a relatable story, right? I mean, if you never shit yourself, you're not fucking human. Okay, straight up. And uh, the yeah. truth of the matter is we, we're used to shitting ourselves because we shit on ourselves the first year and a half of existence if we're lucky. And they say that you're an adult once and a child twice. So I'm looking forward to shitting myself again when I get older and can't care for myself anymore. So shout out to the uh, the nurse's assistant that's going to be taking care of me uh, when I, I'm old. I love you. I love <laughs> I you. Lo- I love you in advance. <laughs> Wear all of your PPEs. Thank God for COVID now because, you know, people are naturally wearing a mask and gloves. So it'll be very uh, easy transition. Oh, my God, yo. What's that's up, man? too much. Bro, man. Today, What's up, man? What's today, is not, today is not my day. I don't know. You know, it, the kids are away for two weeks, and I'm I'm getting the honeymoon that I've never had with my wife over here, in our house, doing nothing much, and um, you know, living life, minding my business and everything. But today I got I got triggered, and you know, this podcast is about spirituality, and I think that this topic I have, which will be short, has to do with spirituality and how much I grown, but then I, I kind of fell back into my old pattern. And I'm just going to share the story real quick. Um, I get off the phone with my dad. Now, my dad, my dad's a G. You know, he's 78 years old, and he, oh, got, a six year, he got a six-year-old that he, <laughs> that he, that he produced. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, yeah I, I thought he was shooting out blanks and powder, but apparently he still got some jizz in him. Hey. Yeah, you got some gunpowder in that. Got, 
All right, no, come on. This is a serious topic. You're making oh, me laugh. So <laughs> the muscular still firing, no. brother. <laughs> no, but I call my dad. You know, it's I call my hot. dad. <laughs> I know it's white, but it comes to hot sauce. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> yo. But, um, you know, he's sick and he's, you know, he's pretty old and ill. And, you know, he's got his family out there in the Lower East Side. And uh, I call him to see how he's doing it. I'm not a good son. You know, I I was a good son, but I just separated myself because I didn't want to be part of his reality for many reasons. And, and you, you might get into this little by little during our podcast. But, you know, I call my dad once or twice a week. I might skip a day out of the week and I might call him the following week. Um, today was a little, you know, he called me. I think he called me while I was on the phone with you earlier today. And, you know, I sent it to voicemail and we talked after, you know, I got off the phone with you and, you know, my dad is old. All he does is watch TV and all I want to do is enrich his life with conversation and, you know, spirit talk and things like that. But, uh, you know, he was complaining about everybody in his family. He was saying that he doesn't like his brother because he can't understand anything he says. He sounds like he's dying. All right. Now, I just told you that my dad is ill. So he says that he don't like talking to his brother because every time he talks to him, he sounds like he's dying. All right, I let that go. He said, oh, and my sister, I hate talking to her because I feel like, you know, I had to repeat myself a hundred times. So I was like, that was it for me. I didn't want him to, I didn't want to give him too much room to build up steam about complaining about people. So I was like, well, dad, you know, you you have a forgetful mind too. And, and it's okay, we love you, you know, we we, we okay. He's like, I never forget. I don't forget. Why are you getting on me? I'm like, Dad, because I just want to let you know that it's okay. You know, you you have a forgetful mind too. You're not the 39, the 39 year old man you used to be. And he goes in, he's like, Oh, you always fighting with me. Yeah, I know my dad is old. And I have to be patient with him. Like we all have to be patient. And not just with an older man, but with everybody. And I was like, Dad, you gotta relax, you know, seriously. He was like, you have a bad memory. You forget things. I said, absolutely. I do forget things. I said, but don't you think that you complaining about your sister are the same things that that is wrong with you, that you forget things all the time, that you might sound like you're dying to some people? I said, don't be judging people. I'm not judging people. I'm not, I'm not like that. You are judging people. You got to relax. Love everybody. You know, be happy. Why are you so upset? He's like, all you want to do is fight with me and this and this and that. You don't ask me how my how my family is doing, which is a lie. And I'm going to tell you why that's a lie. Because the first thing I do when I speak to anybody is I ask how your family is doing first. You lie. How, yeah, in July. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I always say, you know, how's the fam? Everything good? Even when I send out my check-ins, like I hope all is well with you and the fam and, and I'll state my business. So I knew he was lying. He just wanted some attention. I think he was a little bored. He's like, oh, you never asked about my family. But we started to get into it back and forth, you know, back and forth. And I got triggered because the people who, some people, maybe one or two people who listen to this podcast know that my dad has been a difficult person. Um, he's very, when he, he doesn't let you talk. He'll talk over you and he'll run his script of what he wants to say over and over to the point that you will go insane. And he he did this to me for a while, you know, while living with him. And it just drove me insane because, you know, once again, going back to my my younger days, you know, when I was a kid and, you know, I was abused by my mom's boyfriend and stuff. I never had a voice to express any concerns that I, I needed to. You know, here I am, I'm free of that living with my dad and I just want to express to him some things that he don't give you the opportunity to let that go, to let to let that idea manifest, you know? So I was just trying to give him some reasoning and he didn't let me and I got triggered so bad. Like I went to that place like that I almost got mad. Was and I was looking- you, Was it because you felt like you were being dismissed? I felt like I was 14 years old again, living in his house and, and, I, and I, I almost felt myself closing, I guess being dismissed, but just, closing feeling like unworthy like un like unlovable like all those feelings came up inside of me and it dude that's like a weird feeling like if you haven't experienced that in like 25 30 years 
uh, it was, it, it almost caught me by the throat. It, it nearly just strangled me. So I'm having this conversation with going back and forth. And here I am being triggered, finally discovering that shadow that I haven't seen in a while. And I've been looking for it, but I just couldn't figure it out. Um, I'm like, all right, I know what this is. I know what this is. This is cool. And I was just showing him love. I was trying to show him love and, and respect them. And then just trying to kind of identify the shadow and, and show it love as well. It was pretty deep. So then I had enough, like, dude, I, I, I just lost it for a second. And not disrespectful. I was like, okay, all right. I felt disrespected because said, all, I, all I do is call him up and give him stories. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to enrich your life, I'm thinking. You know, I'm trying to give you, build more than just say, hey, how you doing? The family's good? Okay, bye. I'm trying to talk to you for a little bit longer because you don't have a lot of days to live for, my man. So I'm trying to reach out to you and talk about life and life after death and, and God and things like that, you know? But I did what old Jonathan would do. And what that was, was being passive aggressive. And I am the king of passive aggressive. Like I wrote like two books at least on that topic. So I said, all right, well, listen, I got to go. I got to talk to someone that wants to talk to me. I'll talk to you later. Just like that. And I hung up on him. But dude, like this was like, this was a learning lesson right here for me. And I'm still digesting this because it's only been like an hour and a half that that's happened. But I was bothered for a bit but not as bothered as I would normally have been if I didn't know myself, if that made any sense. You know, like I could I could identify it. You know, I could label it. Like, all right, I know what that is. I know what you are. All right, cool. So well, I, I think it's great that you were able to identify it because there's nothing worse than not understanding why you are dissatisfied or displeased when you're, when certain, um, you know, situations arise in your life. Like I much rather prefer now, you know, when I, when I could identify that something is displeasing me, I'm glad that I'm able to identify it immediately. And I try to address it as well, um, as fast as possible. You know, it's still a work in progress depending on, uh, the, the individual in which I'm dealing with, um, you know, but I, I think that's a powerful thing. That's also, you know, it's showing growth on your part. I don't, I don't think, you know, listen, man, my new goal in life is to be a senior citizen. And I think that, uh, you know, we have to have compassion for, for people who are older than us and not saying that you don't, but you know, man, you know, you know what it is and, you know, we have to, you know, just continue to show love. R remember that that's what it's all about, right? Showing love it is. and being compassionate and yeah. you know what, man? And, you know, look, I'm, I, I get it. I get it's, it. it. It's tough. And, and yeah. I don't, and, and like, I, like right now, I don't think I want to talk to him for a little bit. I think, I, I think he needs to cool down and, and realize it. And hopefully he's not too late. I always, I always regret like, not loving someone every single day because I feel like, you know, we're not guaranteed tomorrow, Absolutely. you know, so I don't want, I don't want anything to happen to him where we have unfinished business or one wow. some sort, but you terrible, know, what a terrible way to go. Right. Like, yeah. I think, and I, I think I've had that guilt, dude, I've had that guilt for, man, I'm getting chills just thinking about, it. I had that guilt for over 25, maybe like 26 years, I had that guilt with me and my sister where I never got to resolve our issues. And she left me like the worst letter, the unimaginable that I, I think that it was wrong for her to do so, you know, leaving me a letter, you know, just kind of like, yo, you know, you're a fucked up person, you know, and too bad you didn't get to know me kind of shit. But now I'm dead. So sucks for you. That's, that's, dude, you know how how did that you, hurt did, me did your sister pass away she, so my sister passed away i think it was 92 oh, 90 man. yeah around 92 she died of aids she was pretty young and that, um man. yeah she passed away i have out of my dad i'm the only child for my dad and my mom and my dad had three other kids before me he had two girls and one boy and my sister lucille uh what? contracted aids and uh what are you gonna say I was going to say, what's the boy's name? 
Oh, the boy's name is Eric, and he has an issue too. Shout out to Eric. All prayers and love go to my brother Eric, who had a stroke okay. a couple of weeks ago. He's he's not doing great, but he's alive and he's moving around. Thank God. But um, <clears throat> but Lucille, she left me this letter, and you know, for 25, <clears throat> 26 years, I would think about her. Yo, know, when I say this, I thought about her twenty five years. Probably 23 years, every single day, I would think about her. Every single day, it would haunt me. So let like me get haunt. this straight. So this letter was the last um, communication that you had with her, and it was her expressing dissatisfaction in regards to you? Is this, that... this day has been burnt in my soul. Like, you know how they, they burn a cattle with, like, FDA-approved kind of thing? Yes. It is burned on my soul. I was chilling with a shorty out in the hallway. Um, and my dad said, yo, when you're done here, I need you to come inside. We need to talk. And my dad busts out a letter when I go inside of the house. And he, he said, I, you know, I have this letter to give you. Uh, but the person that is from is no longer with us anymore. And he just immediately started to cry. I seen my dad cry probably two times my whole entire life. And the cry that he let out when he was on the floor and he was oh banging the floor was just like horrifying because you never see superman cry before you know what i'm saying you just like what, what what is my dad crying about but um yeah it haunted me she just basically said that you know i was not appreciative of her and she wishes that i that i would have handled the situation better because i was young i was like 13 14 years old and you know i wasn't trying to hear some girl who just came back into my dad's life, give me advice and tell me how I should be. I'm a teenager. You know, I just came out the freaking prison living with my mom. You know, I was free. I was running wild. I was running reckless. I needed to, to live my life, you know? And um, I didn't like that. As any other teenager doesn't like to be told what to do. You still have this letter? Nope. I don't even know what that letter is, but it haunted me. And the day that it stopped, I'm going to tell you the day that it stopped. One day I told Eric, I said, you know what, we should go see Lucille at the uh, at the cemetery because I haven't seen her since we laid her down. So it, it was funny. We went out there and I think it was rainy. No, it wasn't rainy. It was cold. And we had some uh, plant medicine. We began to light it up and we just smoked a whole blunt on her, on her, on her grave. And we talked, you know, we talked to her and. You know, I, I let things off my chest and and I felt good. I felt great. And that was like two or three years ago I did that and I never thought about her again. Occasionally wow. she comes to mind, but not anymore. And then this is the scary part. I don't remember how we got there. I don't know how Eric found her grave and I wouldn't be able to find it today to be honest with you. But there was one day I went alone with my son I needed some answers. I was feeling, this is the transition I think I was going through spirituality back in 2017, like the end of 2017. And I needed to talk to her. I felt lost. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. And I went to her grave, but I couldn't find it. I, dude, I couldn't not find it at all. And I had, it was raining. I was in the car. And I told her, I said, you know, Lucille, I'm trying. I need your help. I'm looking for you. I said, could you please help me? Can you please help me? Where can I find you? Where can I find you? And I and I I just backed up the car, like probably a hundred feet, and I got out, and I just walked straight. I said, I'm just gonna walk straight to the highway because she's by the Jackie Robinson over here, the Interboro Parkway, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I just went straight. I looked three tombs over, and she was right there. I was like, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I sent my son off to go look at other graves. I was like, can you just give me a moment? Just walk away. And I just started talking to her and just going to her for, for some advice. And this is important. I think that we all should reach out to our elders and our ancestors because they hold a lot of information. And if you don't believe so, then you'd be, you'd be sadly mistaken because <clears throat> there's a lot of, a lot of help you can get from talking to your elders. And just recently I found a picture of my grandfather that I put on where I keep my stones at. Um, and I put him there. It's a picture of him flexing his muscles. It's a pretty picture. I'll, I'll send it to you in a little bit. Yeah, I'll and, love to see it. 
I put it next to pyramids because my grandfather was into hip hypnosis and he thought that he was King Tut in his past lifetime. And I have like two pyramids and a camel. So I put him surrounded by there so he can feel like, you know, like this, my intention is good. Like this, this was for you. I took you out and to, to, uh, I'm not praise you, but just to, to bring you up here, you know, it's just to know that you're not forgotten and stuff. Oh, man, that's but, super powerful. Do you think yeah. that if you still had that letter, you would be receiving the information differently? Do you think it was written by somebody who was in pain? Or yeah, like- definitely. And and I, I wish I would have had that letter because um, when I read it, I was still young and I angry. You know, I, I like I said, you know, I hate, I'm not blaming my circumstances, you know, living with my mom and being abused because uh, to be the person I was as a kid, but I was young. You know, I didn't know life yet. I was only in the earth for 13 years. It's not a lot, you know, not a lot to learn. I didn't have a lot of situations to, to learn from, but I think if I would have read that at a much older age, I would have understood that and I would have felt bad, but I wouldn't let it haunt me for so long. Yeah, that's a, that's a young age to receive something like that. I think yeah. that, uh, I really feel like if it was, I wonder if it, you know, it's just like, got a real interesting, um, you know, segue for this. So, you know, it's like reading a text message, right? Mm -hmm. You can't really gauge somebody's temperature yes. with yes. a text message you're gonna you lose it. the feeling behind right. it that's why i hate text messaging people man yeah it's really crappy because you read it however you're interpreting it it's kind of yep. like the bible right all of these great religions right and i consider anything that's organized that brings people to love compassion and peace whether it be allah jehovah uh jesus christ buddha whatever it may be if an organized uh, religion or culture brings you to that, that's a that's a beautiful thing, man. Regardless of whatever you subscribe to, in my personal opinion. However, um, you know, and look, uh, it's, yeah, it's it's just like it's just like you know the Black Israelites, right? Like they all get their information from the Bible, but it's just the way you want to interpret what what it is that you're reading. You know yeah. what I mean? It's all subjective, and and how you decide to. You, how you how you how you want to uh, receive the message you know so it's like for instance if you said hey uh you know uh phantom do you want to you want to do you ready to jump on and i i respond with why you pee yup oh why is he saying yup like that you know what i mean or instead yeah. of putting o dot k dot i put okay oh why is he writing okay like that you know what i mean so it's really just the way you know the way we want to receive the information so i I would be really curious to, uh, you know, with the effect that that letter had on you, I would, I would be really curious to really see how that honestly would affect you now. And there was probably a couple of maybe some good advice in there, man. Maybe there was things that in yourself that you couldn't see at the moment, or maybe that was just coming from somebody that was experiencing a lot of pain and had nowhere else to, you know, direct it. I agree. I, I, I think not only conversation, but ideas could be often, you know, misunderstood um, in so many ways. And, you know, through my learning and teachings, you know, there's a lot of things that we think we have figured out, but we just are misunderstanding it. Um, you know, right now I'm learning about how the Bible is being misunderstood and, and, you know, and how they are transcribed to really mean something else. You know, um, that's something I want to talk to, you know, someone about. about. Yeah, we could talk yeah. to Kunga about that. Yeah, definitely. You know, Kunga, he reached out to me today. Uh, shout out to Kunga. I love him. Uh, about Abraham Lincoln and how... <laughs> did you read that? <laughs> you know, people, people think that Abraham Lincoln, oh, yeah, he's for, you know, for the, you know, colored people and, you know, that he he's... He, took slavery away oh man you have no idea how he didn't want you to be free how he did not care about anybody of color you know he was just for you know white people and you know I, that's something that you're not going to hear on our show you know about race and things like that we know what it is we know what the truth is you know me being a minority 
that's all I'm going to say, you know, where I lie. Um, and I, I, that's something I don't want to, you know, you said it before. I don't want to put myself in a box of where I stand. No, I love but, all humans. I love all serpents. I love look, all lizards. Uh, it's all good, man. You, you, you yep. subscribe to whatever the fuck you want to subscribe to. But uh, uh-huh. you know what I deal with? I deal with a very easy, uh, I, I handle people very easily and it's very old fashioned. And I, I treat people the way I would like to be treated. Absolutely. And that's really how I live my life. And you know what? Get with me or get lost. I don't own anybody. I don't own not one individual. In fact, uh, disclaimer, for those of you who are on the Ebuchadnezzar right now, please be advised that the Dirty Doorman, a.k.a. the Phantom of the Chakra, a.k.a. at your service, don't owe any one of you any conversation. Uh, so thanks for listening. Mm. Straight up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, bro. I, uh, I, I'm with you. You know, um, I, I feel like I'm angry. Why did I just get mad? I don't know. Did you get triggered by something? I might have. <laughs> I might have. But I'm going to let it go now. No, no. It's I'm good. Um, yeah. Yo, um, another topic I want to talk about this uh, this season because uh, we're still we're still fresh off the Nebuchadnezzar. Um, mushrooms, I think that's a topic we should talk about. Uh, mm, yummy. Yeah, I mean, my favorite one of my favorites um, yeah something yeah. to look forward to uh he said yeah. Yeah, my favorite <laughs> yeah, one of my favorites um uh, i don't know if we should do that right now i kind of like the direction that this was going um yeah i, I think that no, even no. just that was like maybe 40 minutes john i think that yeah. we, should, we could just wrap up what we were discussing in regards to that let's yeah just, yeah let's just bring it back to love and peace and and we could wrap that I think that's good. All right, I'll edit this out. Um, right. So, um, yeah, man, let me see. All right, so cool, man. Um, you know, dealing with, with you know, a man, it, it's so, you know, family, as family, you know, we have a responsibility to one another. You know, we're, we're, <clears throat> we're all members of the same tribe, right? And, and the truth is like, you know, and this goes to what you were saying, absolute in regards to your relationship with your dad of the recent, right? And I feel like, you know, knowing who your dad is now is gonna help you to know who you're gonna be in the future. And I think that, you know, once we have an understanding of our loved ones or people who are really close to us, like our, you know, our parents, you know, I think under trying to get an understanding of who they are as humans at this stage in the game is really important for us, for our own personal growth. Um, you know, I'm having a similar situation now um, with my dad. And, um, you know, for those of you in the know in regards to me, know that I come from a broken home, had a very good childhood, but four or five different families and you know, bounced around. I was the offspring to two young, very young um, humans. My mom was 15. My dad was 17 or 18 uh, when I was conceived. And, you know, hey, you know, it's funny when my dad tells me or my mother tells me, hey, you're, you've grown up to be just such a fine young man. And I, I quite simply say touche, because as I was growing, I was also seeing my parents growing, uh, which was mm. pretty, pretty cool. Um, you know, so, I mean, you, you know, the inner workings of, 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 of the, uh, of my circle, because we're cool like that. And, um, you know, but it's still been challenging with my biological dad. Um, and we had actually a great conversation the other day and, um, you know, we're working on some things, man. And I see a breakthrough coming with him based on some of the things I was able to tell him and, you know, just so he can get to know who I am, man. You know, like even like, for instance, even even with your dad, man, you know, he's he's been on this earth for 78 years, man. What an accomplishment, dude. I'll be damned if yeah. I have some young whippersnapper telling me how to behave after I've been on this planet for 17 years. Go clean your yeah. room. Go clean but you your know room. what? The, 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 the times have changed a lot, you know, and it, it you should we should listen, but not take how can I say this? We should lend an ear to the youth. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because they're fresh eyes. You know, we got a fresh perspective on things. We just have to ask them. Like, my kids keep me young. No doubt about it. You know, between 
the music I listen to and, and the TikToks that are out and all the games that they play, uh, all the pranks, they keep me young. You know, I, I think for me, I would want, I would love a son like myself right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Someone like me, I think I would appreciate so more and I would try to hold on to that all the time, you know, and, and I would, I would listen and like, you know what, this man, you know, he, he's been through a lot, you know, and I, I, I value him and I, I should, he's right, you know, cause he, I would never steer anybody wrong. You know, I'll rock out with you and I, I won't give you my opinion unless you ask, you know, and, and I think that he should just, my dad, in this case, he should just take heed to what I'm saying, you know, but, um, it's, it's you know, hard. I think on, on a, just on a, a scale of, of hierarchy, right. Especially in Latino culture, right. The elders, right. Why, you know, there is a point and, you know, history has, has proven this, that, you know, there's a point in time where the teacher eventually gets taught by the student, mm, you know, yeah. but it's just a matter of, of really identifying that and, and, and accepting that some people have a hard time accepting that. And we have to be, you know, it's like you said, right. And you've been saying this the past couple of podcasts, right. It's like loving something greater than yourself. It's like loving Hitler. I mean, what a concept, right? God loves yeah. Hitler. God loves this. God loves that. If we are continuously striving to, um, you know, at least put our best, our best foot forward, uh, WWJD, right? What would Jesus do, right? Oh. Jesus would love. We have to remind ourselves of that. But the problem is, is that when it's, it's easy to do it for someone who uh, we're not, particularly uh, I don't want to say in bed with but like you know it's it's not as you know it hits different when it's your parents man you know when you have so much history together yes absolutely and 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 I could not agree with you anymore and I can't because for so many years I've been denying my mother of any love or any recognition for the stuff that she has put me through you know it 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 was just really, really bad. And since I met Yvette, you know, she's always said, you should you should make amends with your mom. You should make amends with your mom. And I used to be like, yo, fuck that. I don't need to do shit. I don't need to talk to her. And I don't need to do anything. I'm good where I'm at. She ain't adding no value to my life. Wow. But somewhere down the line, and it wasn't six months ago. It was like three years ago. Uh, three and a half years ago that I sat down, I was like, man, you know, discomfort is is inevitable. I thought it's just it's always going to be there with whoever you meet. And I'm here bitching about my mom for the bullshit that she put me through and suffering over it. But fuck, suffering is a fucking choice. I didn't want to suffer anymore. I was suffering for those years that I was denying her love and ignoring her, I didn't want to live in the past, which is pain. You know, I was in so much pain living in the past. I didn't want to be in the past with my mom. I wanted to be in the future. And and I just wanted her to know her grandkids. And I just wanted to create better memories with her and try to erase the ones I had of her in the past. It was a lot, dude. It was, yo, it hit me like a ton of bricks one day and it hit me out of nowhere. And I told Yvette, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go reach out to my mom. But first I need to talk to her, see if she could fess up to some of this stuff. And she really didn't. She did not. She said she doesn't remember. And to her, it never happened. I let that shit go. Man, you know, it's funny you say that in regards to living in the past. Um, something hit me a couple of weeks ago, and I'm really trying to um, address this analogy that I want to believe uh, came to my mind. Um, so I feel like we are constantly living in the past. Absolutely. Chasing the future in the present moment. I, yeah. I want, I want, you know, I just want to say that one more time that we're constantly living in the past, chasing the future in the present moment. You obviously were were strong enough to handle certain things. It's like your great story with negativity and how it travels, right? And mm-hmm. being able to stop it at you, 
you know, I mean, we, we, we are automatically programmed to believe that, um, you know, our parents have it all figured out, man. And you know, from being a father and a great dad, by the way, uh, Thank you. I come to you for a lot of advice. I see the way you move uh, with my two children, because I look at your children like my children at this point. Mm. Um, you, and you know what? I, I look at those things and I'm like, man, you know, I don't have this figured out. And of course, man, of course, even with my kids, I'm sure that I'm going to make mistakes. But you know what, brother? I embrace that because hopefully one day my kids could point out to me to say, hey, dad, you know, you wasn't perfect. And this affected me. And this, that, and the third. Just the fact that you were able to go to mom and express your dissatisfaction all those years, even if she don't remember, man, to get that off of your mind, to, to transfer that, to leave it there, to build on a new relationship, man, is very important, dog. This shit is very important, man. I think even if they're, even if for anything else, it's closer for you, you know? It's it, closure for you, man. You know, and I and I was looking for closure. Like I said, I wanted to cre I wanted to create better memories with my mother. Um, You're gonna make me and cry for her. Though. No, no, stop. Better memories for my mom, so she can see her grandkids. And my kids are fucking awesome. I always say my kids are awesome because, you know, I, I'm raising soldiers here, like you said. I don't know. You said that one time. Like you, I love that because I am. I'm raising leaders at home. I want to. I want to raise future politicians and future doctors or lawyers or whatever. But that one day, you know, if, how can I say this? For me, it was a changing, it was a shift in me. And if I could understand that I am not these fearful thoughts, then I could detach myself from these, these limiting beliefs of my ego because my ego is so strong and so protective of who I think I'm supposed to be you know, try to say that I'm really not, that I, I just need to just beat Eagle's ass down. But like, yo, shut the fuck up. I'm going to do this because this is going to make me happy. And not only me happy, but it's going to make my kids happy. And you know where they are right now? They were grandma, chilling, loving. My mother is, is spoiling them, giving them shit that Dude. I do not give them because I do not allow fast food and things like that. <laughs> How fucking beautiful is that, you know? And I think that's one of the beauties of, of being a grandparent, right? Just, you know, because I look at my parents, right? And my parents were unable to provide certain uh, things that I needed emotionally and mentally that my grandparents were able to provide to me, mm. that my own parents, right? So how, look, man, I, I feel like if we're fortunate enough to have an opportunity to be grandparents what a great opportunity to try to do it even better because as parents we are constantly what working trying to provide trying to you know what the fact of the matter is this man and, and please forgive me for saying this but you know what it doesn't matter what type of you can provide your child with the best possible setting right that you think is okay and they could turn out to be totally jacked up prime example in my own household you know, I was raised in the same house as my my two brothers. My middle brother is a pastor of a church for crying out loud. Two masters at a very young age. I several uh, you know felony charges and this and that. And and look, man, I'm not glorifying it, but it's just to say like how being in the same setting, being in the same household, doesn't assure your success for the future, regardless of what mm. us as parents are trying to provide. If you're mm. going to be an asshole, that's just what you're going to be, man. You know, regardless of the things that are set in place to help you along your way, you know, and that's, that's how I feel about that, man. I love that. I love it a lot, bro. And, uh, I love you, man. I love you, I love brother. You. And, uh, I think that we should, um, we should end it right here. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are coming in for a nice smooth landing. I would like to <laughs> remind all our passengers to buckle up their seat belts. Get prepared, man. We would like to thank you for riding with us on the Ebenezer. This is one half your host, host, or whatever the hell you call me. I don't know what I am, but I do know that you're not gonna want to shake my hand with my right. Hand. <laughs> Always ask me to the left. <laughs>
Newport. Alongside. Salute. I am. <laughs> I am absolute. I am. And I love all of you for listening. And, you know, if I could just say one thing, please don't listen to your thoughts. Don't listen to your ego. Just go with your heart and your love, man. And I love everybody. Till next time. Don't listen. <laughs> to us either. We mean no harm to your planet. We mean no harm to your planet. Go. It's a pleasure, bro. Peace. Holla. Love you, man. Love you too. Whoosh, <whistles> whoosh.